You're smart. You're savvy. You're talented. Oh, thank you. You have nice eyes. <laughs> Those eyes are going to get you places, kid. Yeah. Ooh. I, I, man, keep keep the compliments coming. I, I'm all. Though I could do this all day, buddy. You've got nice feet. You have a really I've like got, a nice. I've got pretty big feet. You're good at decorating and being organized. Mm-hmm. Oh, this very is not. Organized. This is not a. This is not a bachelor's den. This mm-hmm. is. This is a man's home. And not like a man's man, like a manly man cave. <laughs> hey. Dude. Hey. Episode 45. Can you, dude, we have done 45. This is episode 45. This is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. This is Michael Jordan's second number yeah. mm-hmm. episode right here. That's that's an important number. Yeah. It's also an asshole number, too. Why is that? And what am I, who, who am I forgetting? I'm missing something. I know. I'll just let you think about it for a second. 45. Oh, sure. The current president. There mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Not to get political. Wow. Right oh, there it is. <laughs> totally went right right past me, which I guess that's actually I'm happy about that. I was I like, like, which I'm sport? So, <laughs> I, I was trying to think. I was like, that wasn't that wasn't a rod, was it? That was literally what I was thinking. About. I was yeah. going through football players. I don't know, man. Yeah. No, you have the artist on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's episode 45 and we've got ourselves a guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? My, my name. Yeah, man. My name is Mark Najar. Mark Stranger Najar. Um, I play bass guitar and sing and somebody called me the bass dad once and that nick- nickname kind of stuck and now I'm starting to make a career out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I work for a company called Sandberg Guitars out of Braunschweig, Germany. I am the brand manager for North America and I'm loving it. Hell yeah. That was, man, I feel like each was, one of our guests each week have ramped up how good they are at introducing themselves. That was the best yet, for sure. It's a great intro. I'm very vain. <laughs> and this podcast is about you. I practiced. <laughs> <laughs> you also are a podcast host yourself, aren't you? Uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of taken a nice, like, slow, steady pace to it. Um, you know, we've got a few in the can that haven't been released yet. Uh, I do it with my friend Jody Miller. Yeah, uh, it's I've, called I've played in a band with Jody before. Jody's the shit. Um, his uh yeah so we're the bass nerds uh because we're bass players and nerds met jody years ago um just a quick backstory i when i was working at chicago music exchange i was hired to open up the bass shop basically and create a bass shop and i remember jody was working over at um the bass club which is like that was like my main competition so everything that they had was stuff that i already wanted over there but there were like this I couldn't really get it because they're like the smaller companies like, well, we already have a Chicago dealer. It's proximity proximity thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, man, that guy, Jody, he does great videos and he's got all the cool (laughs) shit and fuck that guy. (laughs) I was not even meeting him. And then um, one day he came over to interview for position and just kind of pitched the idea of him being uh, like the other bass guy. Of course, like I got like super insecure and I was like, no, he's going to take my job. Um, but it, you know, it didn't work out for him. Um, like he, it wasn't the right fit at the time. And so we just kind of like looked at each other from a distance, you know, like, you know, like he, he was like, Oh, like we're these like two guys with never really meeting each other and like having more than a two minute conversation. But then like after a while, like he came over to, after he left bass club, you know, a couple of years later he stopped by CME and then we just hit it off and we're like, Oh yeah, you can fuck with that. That's, that's cool. I like that too. Oh, cool. Sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and we just became buds. And then, um, he had this idea of doing a bass 
bass focused podcast because there wasn't really one out there that was had like personality or was you know like scott's bass lessons he does a podcast he's great it's more it's technical it is and it's it's awesome yeah. for what it is but it's just i think we need like a more common man you know shit talker <laughs> you two got you two definitely have personalities you have you're the right two to do the, the base personality podcast I, for I, sure. th- I think it's like an odd couple thing yeah. like I, I i definitely embrace that i'm the fucking wing nut and then he's sort of the straight man and kind of keeps us on target you know keeps us on a on a on a schedule but it's it's been awesome doing that we actually just got an office um because we're going to be doing some stuff with a certain publication we're going to be helping I might them have out. heard certain things about this already. Didn't Wait, know if that was possible for us to talk about. Or uh, what's not? <clears throat> let's not name names yeah, yet. But hard. we're we're going to be helping out. Hell yeah! And uh, the the studio this the space is actually at Treehouse Studios where my band practices, and uh, it's and right what across. Band is that? It's Huntsman. Yeah, I want to talk more about Huntsman later. Keep mm-hmm. telling this story. We'll get back to. That. But yeah, we we just got the space. It's across the hall from the A Studio at Treehouse, which like. Have you all ever been to Treehouse before? No, but we've had many guests and friends tell us that it's, we've got to get in there, and it's it still hasn't happened. Well, I agree with your friends, because, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not doing a plug for them, it's just that it's a really amazing analog studio. It's very well done. The guys who run it are just, like, very cool, easy to work with. Bear Guizaldo is, like, this amazing engineer. He actually did the first full-length, like, the Huntsman's previous record, American Scrap. And uh, that, that just sounds like there's no way to say shit like that without it sounding like a plug. It is a plug. That's it's what we're great, but it's not meant to be. <laughs> well, I'm going to listen to it. But like he did it. And it was what was really cool is that that record was recorded and mixed 100 percent to tape. And like just watching him mix shit live while mm. the reel was going, like after we were done tracking everything, smelling it, which just watching him do it. It was it was so fucking fascinating. Um, and then uh, Matt, who is the other owner, um, he's just he's got a good eye for like real estate and stuff like that and just like meeting demands like for people and um he's good he's 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 they're they're both doing a really great job but anyway yeah our space is across the hall from there so it's it's just like the nice part it's like the crown jewel of the whole beautiful building so like our our offices in that and it's it's cool so we're building that up and where can our friends go and listen to this this podcast it's on podbean um youtube you yeah youtube there's also just itunes like the podcast there's anywhere there there's podcasts really base nerds podcast and you guys do the video thing too which is cool yeah we're, we're 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 doing that um now that we have the office it's gonna look a, a bit nicer too like it's it was cool because it was more real and organic and fun to be in his in his basement but after having this new space it's like well let's get some plants you know we got this big brick wall let's get a fucking like mural of bass players oh, painted yeah, and stuff and i have a, a friend who's a young bass player great artist he does stencil work and so he's gonna do like right now he's designing it. it's gonna be like charles mingus in the middle and then like stencils, like smaller stencils of like Carol Kay, James Jamerson, nice. Michelle and Diego Cello just kind of fit in and just Love look it. nice and colorful. But he sent me the mock-up. It looks fucking awesome. Oh, that's Can't wait to see that. Dude. Me too. Badass. He's, he's actually coming over on Thursday to paint it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. But it's just like shit like that. Like you get to see it. And a little up the production value a little bit. A little you know? bit. I like it. Yeah. Dude, speaking of production value, we're going to get into some segments here. Oh. Started off with a symphony, symphony of correction. Seg- segway to segment. <laughs> that's right. Uh, just a reminder, as always, cables are still called tone tubes. Oh, by the way, thanks uh, to the people who have entered already. Hell yeah. 
Mark's putting a blanket Mark's getting on, cozy. which I'm so stoked about. I wish uh, I had tea. <laughs> that could happen. Uh, <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. The, the giveaway is still going on. Tone tubes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, tone tubes are what we call cables now, and it's a joke that's gone too far. And now we make them. And, you, and, and in fact, I have one Henry for you sitting in the other room, and there is a gift uh, for you. You get a gift. You get a tone tube. S the fuck up. Today. No way. So um, quality cables. Th- we've you. got a giveaway going on right now. Thanks again for everyone who's. Uh, already entered again all you got to do just share this episode share the last one share any episode take a screenshot prove it to us you get entered we'll send you a cable maybe some stickers you know you'll get hooked up um follow us on instagram facebook dave's dave you're killing it on the facebook man you're doing all the cool just ads and posts and trying old, to hit that post shit. today yeah, trying dude. to post uh interesting things so give it give it give those things follows um got some updates <clears throat> no real corrections this week uh MIDI 2.0 is now live. You can download that shit for free if you're into that kind of thing. If you want to create your own devices and get down with MIDI 2.0, it's now available. Uh, I don't remember what episode we talked about that. We talked about that for probably too long, I think, mm-hmm. in hindsight. It was a little too I nerdy. asked you what the difference is, <clears throat> and I think that's where it kind of went off. Yeah, the it rails. happened. That's all right. Uh, oh, update. Uh, Gibson's back going after uh, other other makers again. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is, I mean, well, we Kiesel. about the Kiesel's the newest one. Yeah. 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 So they, uh, they definitely want, you know, trademark infringement for the flying V and for the Les Paul. Yeah. Um, and like the whole guitar too, somehow. Right. And they just went yeah. after Warwick for the firebird in the EU. And, and I well, think they lost that. They one. did that. That was, a, I think that was a, maybe a couple years ago. It was I within thought. the, it was, it's in the Agnes. Which era. Warwick looks like a, Firebird. Oh, it's, it's a Framus. Know. It's a Framus. Oh, I think so. Framus, yeah. Framus, and Warwick owned by the same. It's, right. a, it's the same company. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, Framus Warwick, Warwick GmbH. Company. That's right. But uh, yeah, that uh, that thing with Kiesel, I just I love it. They're just like, yeah, fuck you, don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far <laughs> as uh, it, the whole like stuff with 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 Gibson, it was really nice to see Cesar, uh, the CFO over there, finally like say oh yeah that was my fault he like took the blame for that that's shit. right yeah. you know because when you watch like i've i've met mark ignisi before have you met him i've never met him actually. he's a nice guy i'm sure he is he's yeah. just yeah. He's pretty you know he's just a funny dude like wears a leather jacket and like has this response like when he, when i met him he was at norms and he had this like responsibility to keep up this like online persona of sure. being like this like sort of direct you know like sort of dude like funny um but yeah like you, you catch him in candid moments he's just like a really nice guy mm-hmm. so then you see that video and there was something about the way he was saying the stuff where I was like, that's not him. I had a feeling that like Cesar, his boss, mm-hmm. was off camera mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, like trying to like, you know, get him all right up and like do it. And yeah. yeah. And I could, I, I could just imagine the pitch like Cesar goes to him and says, like, we need to have this video where we tell, you know, kind of warn people that we're looking after you. And Mark, you know, being the new hire, like wants to impress the boss. It's like, yeah, yeah. OK, cool. Yeah. Like, uh, let, let's. Let's do that. And he's trying to like, kind of trying to like, you know, say and do shit to like impress his boss. But you could just tell it wasn't natural. Absolutely. A hundred percent agreed. I didn't you see the, tell. I saw it got taken down, I think before I got to see it. Yeah. But uh, the, like, so there are a few I only got to read it. it. I got to read the script and I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If you watch him, like if, if you watch, like, there, there's videos out there. So people you have can like still saved see it. it. Yeah. yeah it's it's a, um, but like, if you watch him do it, it just does not. If you watch that and compare it to one of his videos with Norms, 
it just you could tell it's not the him. tone is completely different even the way that it's lit and shot was yeah. sort of scary and creepy in this black room with the stark yeah. light on him he's got this little like <laughs> like lip quiver like he's nervous you know yeah like like, mm, like there's there's a what gun i'm saying and doing is irresponsible <laughs> but my boss is in front of me Sweating. and i don't know what to do yeah. because i have a child totally so it's interesting then that I, it's kind of it's just confusing to me that i feel like they've that gibson had been working on building up some of this sort of goodwill again after all these things going on and then now it's all of a sudden kiesel who has a big youtube following himself people like him he's a pretty personable kind of dude uh now that to go after him it's just kind of weird i don't i don't yeah. i don't understand it so it's a bummer because you may or may not know gibson i mean i just like my favorite guitars in the world i'm super obsessed with gibson so it's extra i don't know it's extra personal for me i guess i'd say when they kind of do stupid stuff yeah yeah well i mean that's that that's kind of the story with most companies Mm -hmm. you know like people are going to make mistakes now with unfortunately with gibson it's just their public under you know the public trust kind of paints them as making mistakes for the past, I don't know, 40 years plus the, the Norland era plus. Yeah. Which funny thing is I love the Norland era stuff. There's one sitting right there. There's yeah. just a couple in the other room. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like grabbers, rippers, you know, like all the weird goofy guitars that came out. They Marauder, were trying a lot the of RD. shit. Yeah. The RD. Yeah. Dude, the RD is so tight. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Like that, which sort of tangent reminds me of that Donable bass. That's like their RD, yeah. which, which has the pipe, oh, yeah. the pipe the build pipe it. The R2, yeah, yeah that, dude. Well, Sachin, how I do you were, clean that thing? Is what I want. Yeah, know. pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners, yeah, it's gotta yeah. be. Yeah, um, and I talked to Sacha about that. Um, he said just a pipe cleaner, and yeah. it's like there's like a tube that goes in there. Oh. I think to kind of keep it, you know, from setting the plate, the thing on fire. But for those <laughs> who don't know, don't know listening, yeah. Donald made this badass bass. I got to play it, Mark. I know you played it, and it has a pipe built into it where there's a bowl, and then there's a little spout on like the upper horn of the bass, and yeah. you can just hit that shit. Um, so originally he he did that uh, as a guitar for the Psycho Smokeout, and it just like people flipped out, loved it, you know. Of course, uh, weed culture. It's just it's one of those things. But then he uh, he made this bass. I think it was for a specific company, and then at the last minute they chickened out. No kidding. Oh, right. And CME like Gavin was just like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. That thing rules. Someone's for sure gonna buy that thing. Yeah, it's we, really good. Uh, he, we he didn't have a proper name for that series and i was just like the i was like oh it's the botany enthusiast edition <laughs> so i think that's the, and it's, he, he it's like a that. stained green too so oh, yeah. yeah yeah dude it's fucking rad oh speaking of i mean we're gonna talk a lot about bases i'm sure but i remember uh you had told me to remind you to tell some story about trying to go get some bass in oh like my 2003 God. and then i forgot to tell you last week and then now here i am yeah symphony i was listening to that. some music from like 2003 the other day specifically the faint have you ever listened to those oh, guys dude i was super num- yeah, the, yeah. Uh, unfortunately the keyboard, keyboard players passed, player away. passed away yeah mm-hmm. last week i think I, and, uh, I i mean dance macabre i mean blank wave mark arcade all i i fuck hard with that shit. i probably haven't listened to those records in like five years oh, maybe yeah. three or five years at least so i threw it on and i was just like fucking jamming out and all these memories start coming back. And I thought about a time. So you used to have to go to the newspaper to buy gear. Like people don't know this, like in like 2003, I don't think think I've ever done that. I mean, I'm old, but I don't think that I ever bought anything like so that. this guy had it. Yeah. Cause there would be like, you know, random wanted it or not wanted ads, but for sale. Ads. Yeah, like, totally. So you just look through it. And uh, this guy had like fender bass for like 150 bucks. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll go Wait, check that out. Did you already say that? I was probably like 21. And I was playing like a shitty Ibanez at the time and it was like Fender jazz bass, you know, or whatever. So it's up in Deerfield though. So that was like a good, you know, hour drive or whatever from where I was. And, uh, 
I get up to his place and he's got one of those weird, like artistic houses, kind of like a, like, like a, a Frank Lloyd Wright sure. style, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, go in there and you know, I'm like, where's the, and he's kind of like walking me around the place. I brought a buddy with me too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, dude. But he's walking us around the place. He's showing us like his art collection and like all this shit. I'm like, dude, where's the guitars that we came here to check out? And he opened up this door and like, there was another living room and he had like, they were all these like, not Fender, like the, they were like Chinese copies with like the, the headstock was like pointy and shit. Oh man. And not even like, like lawsuit looking like just not even close. Po- not, not even like fake ones, yeah. man. And I was just like, Oh dude, I knew right away. And he's like, well, you know, he had that brand, uh, gorilla. Do you remember those amps? Oh yeah, oh. totally. Super, super cheap, like solid state, like twenty dollar yeah. Radio Shack. They almost looked oh, yeah. like the like this pig nose, like with the brown. Oh, Tolex. And yeah, shit I do there. remember that. They sounded like total horse poo, and he was like, "I actually don't. I don't remember those." <laughs> he's I'm like, if, "If you want, you know, if you want, I'll throw that in." And I was kind of like, I kind of played one because I drove all the way out there, and I was like, oh, "This isn't what I want, dude." So I'm like, "This isn't gonna work." And he's trying to be like all pushy, you know, like, "Come on, man, you know, I'll I'll sell you like two for like two hundred or something." And I'm just like, "I'm out of here, dude." And we're walking out and he's got this like Toyota Corolla on the driveway. And he's like, Hey, are you guys interested in a Toyota Corolla? <laughs> he's like, it's only got 50,000 miles on it. I'll sell it for like 4,500, 4,300. And we're just like, dude, we're fucking out of here, man. So that whole story uh, came back the other day. Yeah. Oh, Thank man. you. The faint, the, the eccentrics. Wow. That's great. Have you, have you, you've never gone and bought something not well, I've online? Watched it in weird scenarios, but only via, I mean, I mean, it, does it get any weirder than Craigslist though? I mean, I've had some fucking right. weird interactions. It's essentially with the same. Craigslist. It's the yeah. digital version of totally. that. Yeah. My, uh, I went with a buddy of mine, um, out to like some like far West suburb to pick up one of those. Um, I think it's like a 1990 Gibson Les Paul studio, mm-hmm. but like back when they were using Ebony on the right. fingerboard and it was, a. Uh, I think it was Alpine white. So I had a nice aged cream. We go in there and the dude's chain smoking and stuff I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, this it's thing gonna is gonna be yellow. Like, it's gonna be yellow as hell. And we get it. And like, you know, Judd, my buddy brought me with him and to, you know, to sort of like kind of negotiate and check things over. Cause I had experience like looking at vintage instruments and stuff, everything checked out. The guy was cool. Um, and Judd kind of whispers over. He's like, Hey man, this dude like seems like a nice guy. Let's not, let's not fuck with him on the price and stuff like that. And then, uh, like, the guy just decided to sell it to Judd for, like, a little bit less, like, than what he advertised it for. It was already a steal. Mm-hmm. He got it for, like, 500 bucks. Damn, wow. that's awesome. Those that's things rip, too, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. My, my guitar player has one of those, and they sound awesome. Actually, actually, after Judd got his, um, we I just demanded with my guitar player, I was like, damn, man, everyone's saying that you need to get a Les Paul. And, like, I think you should look into these because they're still, people haven't caught on yet. Mm-hmm. And they're still under a grand and really, really well made. There's that sweet period of Gibson of like, like late eighties to early nineties. A uh, Balthazar was talking about that uh, when our, he was on the show. Our friend and he had uh, just J- gotten, I think it was like a ninety. And James Peppers was bringing up. Uh, he was last talking about week. the late nineties yeah. Gibsons. He was saying that because from uh, up until they hadn't done the custom shop until I think 2004, maybe 2005. Right. He said there was like this little window at the end of the nineties, early two thousands, where they were kind of just like making stuff to that quality and then they eventually just started calling it custom shop so yeah I don't, apparently there are a few uh amazing errors high praise for that, gibson yeah no yeah i'm down with that they're coming back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i don't remember how we got there but i'm fine with it 
so um, while we're in the symphony, I'm just going to I'm going to admit I, I normally one of the segments we do every week is riff library where I talk about a different music book. And we just did an episode on Sunday and I haven't had time to like read anything or even realize like I have a book on, on you didn't the shelf read a whole I book about. in two days. But what I, I decided instead to talk about is like the coolest pedal thing probably of my adult life that's happened. And that is the fact that I now in my possession have an original Interfax harmonic percolator. Oh, yeah. I'll pass it around, show Those the class. Sweet. Uh, this is the first one I've ever actually held in my life. This is clean, too. Uh, it's super clean. Same dude, Judd, has one of these as well. Really? Yeah, he worked at uh, at uh, Electrical Audio yeah. and like that whole Greg Norman, Steve Albini thing. That's why I know anything about him, for sure. Yeah. Uh, did you ever work there? Did I did not. There? I did not, but um, I've read all the most of the good information to be found online. Oh, good. My heat just went on and it did the thing. Uh, is actually on the electrical audio forums about these pedals. Um, but anyways, I've I've been on this quest for, I don't know, the this whole podcast that we've been doing. to I want to get like, I wanted to get an original. I've got a whole bunch of clones that pretty much that everybody's made. Um, but I haven't actually been able to compare this one to because I have the Theramaniacs version well, which as well, which looks just like this, but actually isn't the same. Yeah. Um, but it definitely sounds different. I'm not going to say one's better or worse than the other. This one is obviously very inspiring just because it's been this like quest to have one in my possession. And it's still not technically mine. It's actually Stingrays, but we're going to we're going to get around that yeah. little <laughs> fact there. And it's I'm going to make it mine uh, some way, somehow. But um, it's just I don't know. I feel I feel like I've climbed climbed this sort of like uh, pedal Everest that I've set for myself, and now that I'm here, I don't know what to do with myself. Way to go to distance, buddy. He did. Yeah. I'm proud of you. We yeah, talked but, about it episodes ago. Oh, I was one of the first episodes. Tens of episodes ago. Yeah. yeah, dozens. In I've, fact, I, I pegged you right away for a PR effort for sure. Uh, what's that? The forum, the electrical. Oh, oh audio yeah. right. forum. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe I'll take. I take it back. Well, no. I mean, I. You're I'm not a, a real PR I'm, I'm a lurker. I'm a lurker, but I, I don't contribute. You know. Wait, I just are you a, a lurker on there or a larper? I I haven't actually ever done any live action role play, but I would. I'm not against it. I would totally do. Dude, it, it looks fun as hell. Yeah, I'm surprised some hipsters haven't Lightning started bolt. like a, a larp larper league. They did. I thought they did in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, like like well, about Chicago like ten years to... ago. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, larping's over. We're, we're, this is, we're post-LARP Fucking now. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. We're post-LARP. I'm in a post-LARP core band now. <laughs> nice. uh, but anyways, yeah, that pedal, honestly, uh, it's an amazing thing. Thank you, Stingray, for getting it into my life. You're not getting it back. Uh, this is the part where we – this is actually the final uh, – the end of the sponsorship with Anal- uh, Access Analog. It's been awesome. Thanks to everybody who's used code GearBuds on accessanalog.com to uh, do the thing it's you know actually to be honest by the time this one comes out um that will be over anyway so oh, don't yeah. go do that but thanks to everyone who's check done out it. their website you and know, it, check but, out what, but what i would say is that uh, for those who have used it and we know that there are a number of you out there give us a little feedback let us know what you thought about it we would love to pass it along to our friends at accessanalog.com uh and uh, let us know what you thought about the experience now it's time for my favorite segment every week Dave's Docs. Dave's Docs. All right. What do you got? Uh, I watched um, Shut Up and Play the Hits. The docu- the documentary we talked about last week with... Yep, per James uh, Pepper's recommendation. By the way, which we have to say, awesome dude. Thank yeah. you for being on, So James. nice, man. Dude, yeah. Nicest dude. guy ever. He's very funny, too. Very, yeah. very funny. The he, whole... That Ratelift crew that. is... is that, that That's who he is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I just know him as Pepper. Pepper, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. He... Uh, they're, that fucking crew is awesome. I happened to be in Louisville. Um, so my dad was 
I was kind of going back and forth because my dad was sick. He's better. But um, I saw that they were playing this festival. And so I hit up Joseph, bass player. And he was like, yeah, let's, you know, we're going to be in town for like, you know, a couple days and stuff like that. We're going to Adam Turla's restaurant. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. He lives there. Um, that's the dude from Murder by Death. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Right and on. so I ended up uh, meeting up with them at the restaurant. They're all like in the back room and this huge table mm-hmm. of like the band. The cr- it's a big band too. Mm-hmm. The crew. And then I saw Pepper. And um, yeah, it was it was cool hanging out with those guys. I ended up taking them to my old haunt called the Mag Bar, which is this dive bar in old Louisville. And just like we just got hammered. <laughs> Shit hammered. <laughs> but that's, that's a fun, that's a fun crew. You got to be like a pretty fun person to be to hang with that crew i think yeah fun knowledgeable and like able to do shit hell yeah yeah we were talking about that last week sorry to no 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 derail your i'm loving it man yeah Um, yeah oh yeah we're talking about dave's docs let's get back oh shut up and shut up and i forgot to shut up with the stories and shut up and play the hits (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just shut up so the dave's doc of the week is uh it's called shut up and play the hits which we talked about with our talked about it so i won't get you know too deep into it but it's basically but he reminded you to watch it he was like yo you need to you need to check this shit again yeah and um it was good. It was very much like if you're a big fan of their of their band and their music, it's for you. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really... What I like in a doc, I realize, I like when I get some of the history of the band a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more of the behind the scenes, like when they were growing up. Or Now, this band wasn't one of those types of bands. It was basically assembled, you know, through the singer for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. What, it was like which, his project. Which band? Oh, LCD Sound System. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Did, did you ever get into them at all? I, I did. Um I mean, like, not deep into that, yeah. like, as far as, like, knowing they had what, some fun. what he's about. But he's a bass player, isn't he? James Murphy. He's, yeah, like, he's, everything. He yeah. does all the yeah. shit. Yeah. I just, I, I, first time I heard Daft Punk is playing with my house, yeah. I hear, like, the harmonics. Same here. Like, yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, it was a good one. It's basically their last concert, so it's kind of just, like, a build-up to it the week before. Mm-hmm. It's very introspective. It's a lot of interview with, with James. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. You know, I give it a solid, uh, I don't know, I give it a solid, like, Seven out of ten disco balls. Word. Mm. I'm into it. I'm. I've seen it. I'll watch it again at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. Word. Uh, oh, this is exciting. I had. I had a. I had an idea for. It's time for a new segment. Dude. Wait. Wait. Before we finish no. the segment. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> I love what we got. Say yes. <laughs> Always. Um, have you watched the Grateful Dead documentary series on Amazon? Oh, it's so long. There's so much I want to see. The, I'm, it's so intimidating. Yeah. I want to watch it. No, I watched the other. I think it was called The Other Guy. It was on Netflix. Okay. And it was about uh, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not um, Jerry, but... Uh, Bob Weir. Yeah. 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 Um, so this thing is... It's awesome. Is it, it Long Strange Trip? Is it that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I started it. Yeah. How long, how long is it? It's I like like eight, ten, yeah, ten. Eight, eight to ten episodes or something like that. But yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm a huge Deadhead. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just it was awesome. Yeah, Phil Lesh, man. Like seeing like Jerry run around and like babysitting fucking like the crew, the camera crew in Europe while they're all on acid and stuff like that. <laughs> like, okay, you guys go to this bus and this has this type of stuff to keep you occupied and, yeah. and, and keep your trip going. And this room bus. has nothing in there. <laughs> so you guys go in there. <laughs> no like shit, man. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. So that's a lot of behind the scenes type shit. Though, yeah. Yeah. One. But there's another documentary that's going to be coming out soon about, uh, Owsley Stanley, the, the fucking, uh, the, the sound guy, the, the mastermind oh. behind like the wall of sound and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, he was, the guy who came up with the concept of Alembic, you know, Alembic mm-hmm. guitars. Yeah, absolutely. And he approached it when, when the dead was recording, um, Oxa Moxua, he, um, 
So that's he, how you say that. Yeah, he was he knew Ron Wickersham because of uh, he worked for Apex Sound, and he was just the like the guy, the guru or something like that. What they called him? He's just like one of those amazing dudes. And uh, then Dave Thomas, the guy who did all their artwork, had an apprentice named Susan, and Susan knew Al uh, Owsley, a bear. And Ron also knew Bear, and then he introduced them, and like he's like, "Hey, I have this idea for this concept on Lembic," and then he like pitches it to them, and they get on board. They eventually create the Wall of Sound and all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I read about that recently. Dude, like, it, and, I didn't realize there were like separate signals from each like pole on a pickup going oh, yeah. each pole. I've, I've played that bass too, <laughs> the big brown. Yeah, really. Yeah, I played it the, with like the twenty-five switches on it. And yeah, shit. I when uh, I was visiting Alembic a few years ago. I had talked to Susan on the phone several times and her, her daughter, Micah, uh, her and Ron, like their daughter, Micah. And, uh, she knew I was a big deadhead and a big fan of Alembic. And, you know, it was just like such a treat to go, actually go to the factory. I was there for like 10 fucking hours. Where is the factory? It's in, it, it was in Santa Rosa, California. And I think they moved just a little bit South, just like North of like San Rafael. But they, uh, that Stanley Clark was the big one who got their name going. I, I think it was Phil Lesh, man. Oh, Phil yeah. Lesh, Jack Cassidy, Stanley Clark, like all That's of them. Right, Mark, Mark King, you know. But anyway, um, she's like, I go in to her office and we're talking. She's like, well, before we do the whole tour, I want you to open that case over there. And I look hmm. over and it's this like big old case. And I was like, what's in the case, Susan? She's like, why don't you go open it? And like, I got, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. But I open it up and it's big brown, like the the one, like the guild that they alembicize, they put the new top on, like their top on there and all the controls and stuff like that. And like her daughter, Micah was out there with a cable to plug me in and like playing through the shit and just immediately playing every dead riff that I knew. (laughs) Um, But anyway, not to go into changes, but uh, Owsley has a documentary coming out about him called the man who saw sound. And Mm -hmm. uh, they do a big interview with uh, Micah and Susan which is pretty rad. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing that because those, the stories that they've told me, I know they tell some of those stories in this. Oh yeah. Like the whole like acid culture back then. It was wild. I'm wild. definitely going to see that. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Solid I love the rec- guest recommendations, yeah, man. Giving us future Gotta fodder. Gotta keep this train rolling. I'm running out after 45 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to hear about dude, a new you're, one. You can just p- press play on an Amazon Prime. I've got to like read yeah. a book or, <laughs> or just that remember that I read one at one point. That's yeah. I, I, I Dude, I feel like that's, I mean, I, I talked about a pedal today. You can like, do an I instruction like manual, out. Like, a, like a small instruction pamphlet. That, okay, all right, fine. You're gonna people are everyone's gonna start hearing about MIDI switcher yeah. instruction pa- uh, manuals now. I have a book to I recommend you. Yeah, uh, the Gase, the the basis guide to injury management and prevention. Okay, um, who, who wrote this book? His name's Randy Kurtz, Doctor Randy Kurtz. He's a chiropractor. He lives up north, um, but he's awesome bass player. Knows everybody has, um, and he's a chiropractor as well. So he's got like a chiropractor's approach to bass playing and all the stretches and shit like that. It's an instructional book, but like it's just some good content, like good little tips and tricks to keep your your hands and your limbs healthy. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out and I'm gonna make you read it. You gotta, you gotta practice. Good <laughs> we might health, have to switch boy. that week. Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do a doc. I, I've good. done a couple docs. I've thrown a few in there yeah. here and there. Talk a little about T Swift, you know. Um, all right, we're gonna do it. New segment. And I don't have just like anything else on the show. I don't have a real good name for it yet. It's going to evolve over time. But right now, I'm just I'm calling it a couple two tree randos. And this is where I just decided I want to have an excuse to ask you a couple really random questions and, and see what you got to say about them. Cool. Uh, a couple two tree times. So um, if you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, 
what, what, what would it what would it be? And this is and just assume that you have the skills, whatever necessary, to properly fill the void uh, of, the, er- of that person. Erroneous from the Grand Wazoo era is uh, Frank Zappa. Wow, oh. he's a badass bass player, but. What is yeah. it about being in that band that you wanted to you, That's what you want to do. I think the, you know, I did this exercise the other day where somebody asked me like, what's your favorite record? And like, normally I'm like, Oh, don't do that. I can't answer that. But just the <laughs> grand wazoo came out. And then I like, just like looked into the history of that band and who was in it. And just that era, like George Duke was in okay, that band. Yeah, you totally. know, I know at like some point Chester Thompson was playing drums and stuff. That whole, who was the guitar player in that era? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, other than Frank, of course. Yeah, but I think uh, next to that, like just after that, he came out with apostrophe, and oh, Steve Vai was, was on yeah. that too. So right, but like no, that Vi whole wasn't on apostrophe. I thought he was. No, that was a little too early for him. I thought he no, I thought he was like super young. Like, I maybe I I'm wrong. I on Donate the Yellow I, Snow or I know whole, oh, I know. I mean, I, that's my favorite Zappa record for sure. I I just I can't. I don't. I, you know what? We're gonna throw that in the symphony next week. That'll be in the symphony. Who was the guitar player on apostrophe? See if I'm. A ding dong or not, not the whole record. I, I think he just sat in and did some of the solos. Well, the and stuff. reason that I don't know if that's true is because I th- I always thought the story was that he got the gig by playing the Black Page as fast as he could, and I think the Black Page came out after Apostrophe. Did. Maybe you're right, but maybe it know. was one of those things where like my brother told me a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. and I just assumed that was true and just never looked it up. And that was our somehow our first ever Zappa argument on this show, which is amazing. Well, either way, um, yeah, Grand like, Wazoo, yeah. Grand was that the Grand Wazoo band for sure, yeah. Or <laughs> I do love Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yes, um, I do. Intermounting Flame or Intermounting uh, Flame yeah. all day. All day. Do Meeting of the Spirits. Uh, a buddy of mine, not a buddy. He was a customer, but we became friendly. He saw the first time they played in Chicago. I think it was in Evanston actually, and uh, he he said he's like, yeah, like I just heard everybody heard that that. Uh, Miles Davis's guitar player had a had a new band and nobody knew what it was about. The record hadn't come out yet, but everyone was kind of curious and stuff. And he's he's like really excited to go, but then he like gets hit with this horrible flu, cold, oh. whatever. And he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna brave it. And then there's this horrible snowstorm, but people are still like pack, you know, like getting, you know, like filing in. And then they see the set. And it's like they see like, you know, everything that's up there, all the amps and shit and like the fucking gong and like Billy Cobham's giant drum set on hammers organ. Yeah. And then they're like, then they come out and like John tall guy with an all white wearing the, with the double neck, double SG. neck dude. And then uh, the first fucking thing they play is meeting of the spirits and that. Bam! And he's just like, I swear to God, I was standing like right in the middle on the floor. And as soon as they hit me, it was just this like such an impact that. I felt like my cold went away <laughs> and like I was just totally there. And I was just like, well, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> Cause yeah, that, no what an amazing concert to see that, like to go in completely blind the first time experiencing Mahavishnu orchestra at that time in, at in that time too. dude. the early seventies is one of the greatest eras of music ever. Like Definitely. not to be like, you know, like the person who lives in the past and stuff. I just, I really, there's so much good innovative shit that mm-hmm. came out then that still holds up now. You know, absolutely. So that would, that would be a good one. Yeah. yeah. I might have to join you in that one. I mean, I, I can't play half or th- even a quarter of the riffs that are necessary, but again, I would just like ha- have transmuted John McLaughlin's abilities at that point. Yeah. yeah. So fuck it. Well, Rick Laird is a definitely like a, and same with erroneous. They're both like bass players who are like, they're really good, but you, you don't know that they're that good. 
totally yeah, yeah until you like go understated. and actually listen to what they're playing mm-hmm. and the, yeah the arrangements are insane just to even to be able to pull that off with yeah. that band yeah all right next one uh childhood celebrity crush oh um <laughs> the drummer from hansen um now um adorable well that, i mean that's partially true even when i found out that it was a boy i was like well, i don't care yeah, and i was like oh that's fine that's an interesting thing um fuck Farrah I know what mine Farrah, is. Farrah Fawcett. Really? Yeah, uh, from Man of the House, like from that era. Okay. I'm seeing her with that in JTT and Chevy Chase and shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow, I don't know that one. I don't. I mean, I, I've. I don't think I've ever seen it. I know what it is at yeah. least. I know the famous like Farrah Fawcett, but I don't yeah, know that, that poster of her yeah. in the yeah. red uh, bathing suit. Also, share uh, because ever since I was like two, like maybe around two, I loved the movie Moonstruck. <laughs> like my, awesome. my parents like will tell stories about how i was around that age and like just like quoting that movie and like <laughs> acting out scenes and like i like got up in the middle of dinner when i was like two or three and just like walked over and like walked to the door and like, what's what mark doing i get back at the table and then i look at my mom and I go oh man you give that dog food one more time i'm gonna kick you till you're dead <laughs> quoting fucking uh olympia dukakis <laughs> yeah Oh, so, wow. shares the shit. Oh, I would like quote Nicolas Cage too. Like, I lost my head. <laughs> I lost my brain. Johnny has his head. Johnny has his bride. Dude. <laughs> Fucking love that. All right, movie. throw that in Dave's docs. You oh, gotta watch Moonstruck yeah. now. <laughs> and Man of the I found it for Dude, next do you week. remember who you're do you remember your celebrity crush when you were a kid? Oh, um I didn't know we were asking me. Uh, I don't know. I'll just tell you my one. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I think. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's that would be that would be on my top five. I'd mm-hmm. have to say, yeah. dude, it's got to be Topanga from Boy Meets Girl. Oh yeah, from Girl oh, for me. Yeah. That was she. Was, she's my the first time I can remember just like having a crush. It was definitely Topanga. Yes. All right. Uh, um, can you do an accent? I can. What, what do you got? Oh man, don't put me on the spot. I could. Well, first I could do Peter Griffin's voice. That's uh, I mean that's certainly which a, is a New yeah, Englander accent. I guess, I guess. maybe yeah. I should maybe I should maybe maybe I should rephrase it. An, an impression, impression, yeah, um, accent or impression. I guess. <laughs> give me a, give me a line to say. I'm I've never I'm I don't know Family Guy shit. You, you know I've uh, I've never heard of Family Guy before, dude. Wow, that's fu- you just fucking nailed it. I know I'm gonna fucking butcher it too. Uh, <laughs> that's the best part, man. I know. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to like um I'm oh dude I got a story that goes with this. Yes, Australian dude walks into the store, and. Uh, it was you know he walks in he goes oh yeah i'm here to um i'd like to find a bass that uh that 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 sounds a lot like one of my favorite bands and i was like oh cool like what's that's great i can help you with that like what what kind of what, what band is it you know thinking like it would be like primus or whoever and he goes yeah i'm quite keen on pod <laughs> <laughs> swear to god and i'm like I had to keep like I had to keep it took every fucking fiber wow. in my being to just keep a straight face because I didn't know if he was fucking with me or not. Right. And I was like, yeah, man, let's got go. One of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I sold him a Warwick or something like yeah. that. And he was like, yeah, this is all right. <laughs> so on death. That was yeah, great, by the way. I'm man. quite keen wow. on POD. That's fucking amazing. Um, oh, excellent. So good. Yeah. I don't know. I do the like everyone does. Everyone's got the effeminate German, I think. A little bit, yeah. We yeah. can all we can all do a little like. Look uh, at this kitty cat down here. She is a nice kitty cat. That one down there. She is a nice kitty cat. It's hard for me not to devolve into Werner Herzog when I start doing a German accent, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it just everything gets real bleak and existential. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Have you seen the Werner Herzog uh, Laffy Taffy jokes? I don't think no. so. Oh my god, it's like like uh, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> 
because it, the life's existence was too much for it to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Some shit like that, you know? <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, my God. I need to look those up. All right, last one. What question should we ask our next guest? Oh. Uh, we're gonna pass it along. I kind of like that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. This is this is. I'm, I was just I just had a little moment of of stonedness the other night, and I just I wrote it all in a note, and then I put it in the outline. I like we, we learned so much more about our guests. Yeah, I know. I'll dig this. There's a part of me that wants to go the crude route because, and, you, and plus, you don't even know who the guest is. Well, so yeah. fuck it. Part of it's because I was watching Letterkenny finally, like finally watching Letterkenny, and uh, they're doing this thing called Fart Book. Okay. Like that was an episode where they like create Facebook for documenting farts. And I was like, I've been documenting my farts for a long time. <laughs> like, I'll do like voice memos and like fart and then send it to my bandmates, like our group text. And, and I'll title it like, you know, like newest riff or something like that. <laughs> no, and they're like, Oh, let's check out with my <laughs> shit like that. That's, that's great. Uh, actual body control that you can like hold it off long enough to swipe the app open and get it going and, and mm-hmm. press record. Oh, right? and you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. There was one time we were like, like the whole the like our first tour together too. Like, <laughs> I, like every time I'd, I would just fart and then send it to the other band we were on the road with, or like whenever we would go to like the like truck stop and go shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. would record it. Yeah, it was super fun. So I want to go that route and be like, you know, um, like ask a question about a fart. You know, like what's the most offensive fart you ever farted? You know, okay. like, have you ever made anyone throw up because of your fart? All right. Uh, yeah, that's, we could definitely do that. But I don't know. You do, you seem like you have another idea. Well, I don't know. I want to try to keep it a little classy. Okay. Um, what if it's class a lady? It up a little bit. Ladies fart too, bro. I don't know. They 20, don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. We can go the bleak route. Yeah, bleak is great. Yeah. If one of your parents had to go first which one would be oh my god jeez <laughs> oh, you know all right I i'll tell know. you what i've got i'll have those two on deck we'll see how we'll see how the episode's going yeah we'll see how and it's then, going and then and i'll, and I'll make it. the call at the yeah time. spice it up and a little at that bit. moment you will find out that your guest had already lost one or both of their parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> right exactly that's i'm really really putting myself out there on uh, that one I, w- I would just keep it simple um just like beer or liquor Beer or liquor. All right. Well, I've got three. We've got three questions that if we'll, I'll gauge the temp in the room. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see what happens. And I mean, we'll see. Maybe they'll have already listened to this and we'll be prepared uh, for what's coming if I don't edit it out because there's the possibility that'll happen too. <laughs> um, dude, you know what? That was awesome. That's going to be, I think that's got to be a recurring, recurring segment um, because it was, a, it was a great way to start talking a little bit more about you. And I, now that I think that's time. It's time we learn a little, Let's little talk bit about more Mark. about Mark here. Yeah. So tell us, take us back, man. What's the uh, what's the story? How'd you get the into the music thing? When did you start playing? Get, get bit by the bug. Uh, you know, I was in fifth grade. I wanted to be in band. They had um. Wait, where is this? Where Where did you grow up? I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Okay. And the I went to Norton Elementary, and I just I knew that I wanted to be in band. I couldn't really explain why. I did like I you know my my first record like the first albums i bought with my like money that like i got for christmas and shit like that was there was two of them it was um it was the Jimi hendrix experience and then the best of woodstock and at that time too my brother was playing my older brother was playing guitar and just kind of feeding me like you know music to listen to like so like the dead fish stuff like that um but then like eventually eventually uh 
I wanted to, you know, be in, to do music and stuff. And my mom was like, well, like, what about the band at school? And I was like, yeah, sure. And my brother was like, oh, the band, oh, band nerds. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, fuck you. You know what? You don't like it. I'm going to do it. That's why I'm going to do it. And uh, is your brother butthead? So the option was to play trumpet or trombone. And my brother and his friends were like, oh, tromboner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I want to play trombone. And then we I thought you were going to be like, trumpet it is. No, <laughs> yeah. we went to the music uh, store like to, to rent. And I was just like, I wanted to play. There's something about the trombone that was cool. And they're like, yeah, we don't have any trombones for rent, but we have trumpets. Oh, so they didn't have no trombones. They didn't have trombones, so I had to play trumpet. And so I went through fifth grade, played trumpet, and then in band the next year, and and I go to middle school, and uh, Miss Rawls, those the band director. By the way, the my previous band director was his name was David Welch. He was larger than life personality. Just imagine like uh, Chris Farley if he were directing a band, but also <laughs> slightly conservative, but still sweaty. Awesome, all the sweat, but yes. all the energy as well. Mm-hmm. Hilarious guy. So then Miss Rawls, who had this this like reputation of being kind of a hard ass. She was actually really cool. Um, she was like, so Mark, we need a tuba player. And the big guy usually plays tuba. Talk and you're a big you guy. You carry that thing around. Yeah. But I'm like this, you know, 11 year old fucking Southern kid. I was like, I just want to play trumpet. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but why don't you, why don't you play a couple notes and see what you think? And like, go, go play a B flat concert scale. And I was like, oh, okay. I played the first two notes. I'm like, oh yeah, this is right. <laughs> this feels right. Oh yeah, just just the the, the big sound. And I called my mom at, while she's at work. I was like, hey mom. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I just need you to pick me up. I'm bringing home my new instrument, and I just didn't want to take it on the bus. <laughs> and she's like, oh okay. And I was like, well, I'm gonna be like doing like band practice and stuff afterwards, and like you know, hang around with my friends and stuff. So I'll just wait until you get off work. And so she comes, she, she describes the best because she's like, she said that I just pull up and I just see this giant case and then you're on the other side of it and then somehow. And she's like, what the fuck did I just get into? Um, and so I started playing tuba and then in, uh, in eighth grade, uh, there's this show on HBO called Reverb and it was like a live concert series and Primus was on there mm. and I was watching it with my brother who was playing guitar and I was like, Phil. I want to play bass and I want to play bass like that guy. And that's it. Like wow. for my brother, like he basically like talked my parents into getting me a bass for Christmas and like went to the music store with them and like, you know, like did this whole thing where I was like, all right, I know I'm going to get a bass this year for Christmas. It's going to be tight and it's going to be cool. And so they like built it up and built it up and led me to believe that I was going to get it at Christmas Eve at my grandmother's house. Cause that's where like the big, you know, like all my cousins were there mm-hmm. and like just right. the fucking waist deep in wrapping paper. And it wasn't there, and I was like, kind of disappointed and stuff. Like, yeah, okay, this is cool. Thanks for my presence, my <laughs> And then we get home, and they had had it. They had it out and ready to go. Nice. Like my, That's my, cool. I think my, my my dad like we left, and my dad was like, well, I go go go. I gotta go get the brownies or whatever yeah. <laughs> bullshit. Then he was he was out like putting us. It was either I, I can't remember who it was. It was one of my parents. Um, but they put it out. Got it ready. Dude, what is it? it? What is it? I'm sorry. What can I come back? But what is it with parents wanting to torture you a little bit before you get your gift? Because I've definitely gone through the exact same time. They pulled the Christmas story on you, is what that was the move they did. The ladder BB gun. It was probably because of that fucking movie. That's right. (laughs) Wow. I I guarantee it's the same for me. Yeah. Because we watched that every Yeah. They hit that fucker behind the couch or something like that. Oh, I think I see one more present. It was was in the corner um, in, in in our, like, the family room where the tree was. And I just, like, 
immediately like tried to play everything that I think the Wait, first so what was it? Uh, oh, I yeah, can't remember of... the model because I'm too stoned, but it was uh, one of those like uh, Yamaha, like, you know, like single, split coil P base style bases. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the B, B2, I can't remember the fucking name. In, if I had my phone, I could pull it up on Instagram, but I'll find it. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those. Um, I immediately put a bunch of stickers on there, like, you know, Weka Pog Groovin. It's like a fish <laughs> reference and shit like that. Oh, I, I am well aware. Yeah. Um, but I like just quickly just. I just had a knack for it because I, I, I was already playing tuba. I already understood the fundamentals the approach to like the low, like the, the role that the low player does. And just, uh, was watching like all these people like going to concerts with my brother and, and, and seeing all these awesome bass players and stuff and just kind of figured out and like listening to their CDs and like playing along with mm-hmm. it. Like, and then of course my, my uncle introduced me to Jacob Astorius. He had, a, he Uh-oh. had this like crate of records and he had the self-titled record on there. And yep. I was just like, that was it. What the fuck? Dude, when you hear Donna Lee the first time yeah, as a, 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 a 13, 14 year old bass player and you're like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of how it all started. And just I eventually I went to school for music education. Um, Did you say like playing play jazz or anything like that? Or like Yeah. Oh, yeah. All yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I did the jazz bands in school. Mm-hmm. I did orchestra, like playing tuba and orchestra and like, you know banged a lot of chicks got a lot stuck of or- with the tuba orc then, trim yeah mm. <laughs> uh no um yeah stuck with the tuba i s- still play tuba it's it's my primary it's cool because it's like the base of the of the horn section it is you know? it is um but then uh eventually got to um you know went to college for you know for music education uh-huh. and just realized i wanted to teach in an inner city you know like mr holland's opus and shit like that and like you know but like te- not not that movie but like the idea of like teaching music in a hard to staff school or something like that. Totally. So I came, I was like, well, Louisville, like I'm, I was at the time at uh, Moorhead state university, which is in the mountains of Eastern Kentucky mm-hmm. where the men are men and sheep are nervous. Um, <laughs> hey, and then I'm, I was like, well, I need to be in a big city if I want to teach inner city. And so I was kind of looking around at cities to go to. And I, I just came up to Chicago and my girlfriend at the time or ex-girlfriend at the time, um, was up here and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And I know people up there and I went just, I fell in love with the city. Oh yeah. Moved up here. Um, and then were you playing with any bands at that point? No, no, I I did a lot of stuff with my brother. We did Mm -hmm. like the jam band thing and Mm -hmm. did well with it. I mean, it was, it was super fun. I I definitely got a lot of chops, like, like a lot of endurance. Cause you know, like when you're improvising an entire set. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I, the were cool you guys jamming about, like dead stuff and stuff like like fish? We, and we'd stuff sneak like that. it in, yeah. yeah. Like, like it was just, it was the novelty of like, oh, there's this like 15 year old bass player who they play Weekapa Groove. In fact, we played. <laughs> my brother met this this old deadhead named Dr. Craig Rich, not Craig Rich. I'm sorry, Dr. Craig Sennard. and uh, he was just like, yeah, he owns this new bar called Harry's House of Brews, and uh, their tagline was, uh, "Where do you go when the lights go out?" Which is a a fish reference. And, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, well, he wants us to come audition to play at his, at at his bar. And like, at the time we were playing like cafes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And like, you know, I was like, okay. And so we go and it's just the two of us. And my brother had talked up to the bartender. He's like, yeah, my brother can play. We could and he's only 14. And the bartender's like, okay. And so (laughs) then I play, like we we start playing. He's like, Oh, yeah. (laughs) That shit. Like you play every note that you possibly can when you're mm-hmm. like trying to do that. And it was cool and they liked it. And 
they're like, okay, we'll come, come by uh, next Saturday. Like, you know, I know you guys are in school and like, you know, the, the thing about Louisville, it's cool. Like if you're playing, you can play in any bar, at least at the time you could. Uh, didn't Chicago was kind of like that when I was growing up. I played in bars and stuff. When yeah, I was, we and there was there was a, there was totally a novelty to that, and I made way more in tips and that kind of shit back then when I was like fourteen, fifteen than I would oh, ever yeah. make now yeah. playing those kind of places. Yeah, people love it. Yeah, so um, we we started earlier because we didn't know we had never played a bar before, and so we started earlier. And the bartender's there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the crowd's really not going to people aren't really going to come until later." Mm-hmm. And so we're like, "Well, fuck it." And this is me, my brother, and then our friend Jarrett, who's a really awesome drummer. Um, who was, who was my age. And, uh, we were just like, well, let's just see where this goes. And we just start playing. And all of a sudden all these hippies just start pouring in and they're like, look at these fucking kids. These like teenagers. And they start dancing Fuck and yeah. they, you know, and then like it got so crowded in there. The bartender was like, dude, you got to get over here. These kids are just like doing awesome. Like it's like, it's, it's super crowded. Like we're like, you got to get down here. He's like, ah, I gotta, I'm working. Cause he was a doctor. He's like, ah, you know, I'm working tomorrow. I'm, you know, like I'm on call and blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, no, you seriously get down here. And then like, finally he like comes over and it was so crowded in there that the, like the, the owner walks in, he's just like, we got to get this fucking furniture out. So they're like, they're like, all these hippies are like moving couches and shit outside <laughs> no shit. because there were people trying to get inside. Like it was, it was awesome. And that was like our, the first time I'd ever played to a, a larger crowd. Holy shit. And it was total like. Did you know the hippies were down there? Did they just like come out of nowhere? They came out of nowhere. Yeah, you know that's what hippies, hippies are. That's they what hippies just, do, they man. Just crawl out of cool yeah. corner and they start <laughs> catching notes, bro. <laughs> Try my grilled cheese. <laughs> it's vegan. Yeah. Would you like a goo ball, little boy? <laughs> but man, my name if, is if, Thaddeus. <laughs> that's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, got super into that. Play with, but we were, we 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 had a working name for a while called the Family Jewels. Because we're just a couple of nuts itching to have a ball. There it is. <laughs> he had a tagline and everything. Oh, yeah. That was my brother. That's on the poster. Yeah. You know, hippie shit. Um, we actually went to uh, we went to see Trey Anastasio in 2001 when he first did that tour. with. That I band. saw that tour with the big dude who sat down to play bass Tony Marcellus. Yeah, dude. Bad motherfucker. I, I saw. I have a story. That about is that. a solid, solid bass player. Yo, it was amazing. Um, so then uh, we were like, well, like we should like advertise our band and like maybe put it on beach balls and like write our, write our number, our contact information, like our, our home number on there. Maybe people will like call us and stuff. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. So we went to Walmart and shit and like got that, like all the stuff and enterprising young lads. Uh, and then like, we just like walked by the lawn gate and we're like, how are we going to get these in through security? And my brother just goes, watch this. He walks by the lawn, just knocks it over there. And then like, hmm. eventually it got on stage. And then, so we, this was in, I think it was in like Columbus, Ohio or something like that. We drove home my my dad was up you know, waiting for us and he's just like we got a random phone calls looking for your band Whoa. <laughs> for people who sounded like they were drunk and we're like it worked <laughs> <laughs> nothing ever came of it but yeah so like you know like but like the point is like when you play these bar gigs when you're young and you're playing improvised set or doing covers and stuff the expectation is you're playing for a long time and the mm-hmm. bars don't in Louisville they're open until four. My brother is the type of person. He's like, let's just, let's just keep going. Let's mm-hmm. just keep going. Yeah. You know, even if there's like two people drove me nuts, but it definitely gave me like a sensibility to listen to people when they play and, um, the, just the chops Yeah, and you know, the endurance and stuff. So yeah, fast forward, uh, moved to Chicago. Um, and when up, did you, how long were you in, uh, in Chicago before you did the CME thing? I was here for 
five years. Okay. Five years. I went to school and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, the funding for a lot of the hard to staff schools was just nowhere. And if the, if there was a, a music program, a lot of the teachers already had tenure. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not really going to get mm-hmm. into that. I don't know anything about the charter schools. This is in 07, 08. And so I just, you know, decided to lay low for a little bit. And then eventually this, um, my buddy hit me up. Um, he's like, yeah, you should go to, you should check out CME. They're, they're, the owner is, is looking for a bass guy. And I was like, I don't know about that place, man. I had a really bad experience there. And I just, you know, just, I don't know if I can go there. He's like, no, no, it's a new owner. And like, he's, he's comes from like a tech background he's no nonsense, but he's, he's, he's really cool. And it looks, seems like a good opportunity. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, let's, let's see what happens. And then I go in and uh, I end up meeting with a couple people and like doing all these interviews. And I'm just like, yeah, man, this is like, I just want to meet the fucking owner of mm-hmm. this place. And so I eventually sat down with Dave and I go to his office and at the time, you know, it was this, this big brick exposed brick walls and stuff like that and he's a pretty intense guy he's a very like he's a very nice like you know like he's he's got his moments where he's like he can be very warm and loving and stuff he's, he's a boss though but he's an yeah he's very intense and very boss. successful and yeah, he exactly. doesn't have to listen to people yep. if he doesn't want to no and so uh we're doing the interview and stuff um and then he asks he's just like he's he's just like so um like what? What? Uh, what? What do? You, what do you? What do you? What's your day to day gonna look like? At at I mean, when if if I hired you, like what? What's your day to day gonna look like? And I was like, well, I just would love to get to know the instruments and stuff a bit more, but in, engage with the community and blah blah blah. And he's like, well, I I don't want to. Somebody's just gonna hang, you know, fucking hang around, you know, just like sitting around in the music shop all day. And, I, and then I just look at him dead in the eye, and I was like, well, why the fuck am I here then? <laughs> and he goes. Good answer. I like your energy. And then he just like points to this. He's like, yeah, why don't you pick a bass off of the wall and play something for me? And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, just go play something. I'm like, All right, cool. And so I could just pick up. I was like, oh, is that a 66 P bass? He goes, oh, I like your taste. And I just start like playing and thumping. And then he just like walks over and he's got his like Patagonia jacket on. He's like, show me, show me how you're playing that. And I'm like, I don't give lessons for free. Wow. <laughs> Joking. But he's just like, all right. Oh, man. Um, but then, you know, uh, he gave me his stuff. He's like, I'd like to follow up and blah, blah, blah. I get to my car. I send him an email and he wrote back right away. And he's just like, I really like your energy. He kept saying that. He's like, I like your energy and stuff. I, I want to, you know, get you to the next step. And then just a few interviews later, ended up getting the gig and uh, we just hit it off. And it was great. He gave me a lot of opportunities to build stuff, uh, like to build the, sh- the shop up and, coordinate with the buyers and bring the stuff in that people wanted and um but then like he just had this mission to create a a youtube channel and to you know like he liked my playing and he's like i want you to i want you to like go and do videos and stuff and and i was like i've never done that before like this is kind of random but all right cool like let's see where it goes and so my first video he's like go pick up uh go go pick out a bass um and, and bring it up here. And I was like, okay, cool. And so the director, he's like, you know, why don't you grab one of those like uh, newer bases? And I was like, well, we've got a lot of vintage bases. Like, why don't I do that? He's like, oh, do, do one of the new bases. <laughs> so I grab like a, a Sandberg and I walk up. And as soon as I get upstairs, David is like, no, I don't want you to waste my time or your time or his time. Okay. And I was just like, oh, well, I, you told me to grab a base and I was going to grab a, I was going to grab like a 66 Shoreline Gold P base. He goes, yeah, 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 do that. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. So I go grab it and I sit down and I don't know what the fuck to say because I've never done this before. So I just start playing. And, he's, and then David's like right there. He's like as close as you are, Henry. Mm-hmm. And he's like directing me. And I'm nervous as hell because it's this really intense, like successful tech guy giving me direction on what to say. 
like giving me lines and shit. And so I went, I finally went back and watched that video after like a few years. And it's just like, you could hear how nervous I was. Cause I'm just like, at one point I'm like, short shoreline gold was, I got to go back. Unique color. I can't wait to go. Watch I remember that. that one, man. Yeah. That was your first one, huh? Yeah. And so I, you know, I'd done a few and they were like more like direct and I would play and then talk about the bass yeah. and it was kind of, you know, stiff. And then eventually, um, one day, I think we had made an agreement to like do a video for a Mike Lowell and like the, the buyer was just like, you know, um, we got to do this video for Mike Lowell bases cause we haven't done anything and we want to promote them more. Um, you know, can you, you know, we should do that. And then I just forgot about it and, um, I get a call on Thursday and it was the manager at the time, George, he's like, Hey buddy, you know, Dan and David, they, they want us to, they want you to do that Mike Lowell video today. Cause we, we said we would get it out. Like, would you, can you do it? And I'm like, yeah, man, I could do it. It was my day off. I was like, yeah, totally, totally could do that. Yeah. I hang up the phone. And then I just realized, I was like, I'll be there in 30 minutes. So I hang up the phone and I just realized I was like, shit, I just smoked a joint. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And I've, I don't know what the company policy is on weed. And yeah, we're just <laughs> going to be coasting in. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so I was like, well, here we go. So I go in and, um, I, I sit down and like the director at the times, this dude named Ryan Luciani and he was like kind of the assistant, but he took the lead on this one. And like the dude is so fucking funny. And like, we just start like riffing off of each other and like laughing our asses off. I'm high as hell. Uh, yeah. But of course when the plane comes like, you know, just like thumping along Feeling and it, it feels yeah. great. And, and then like, we're like, I just like, was like, well, I'll just start talking about the base and just like was being myself. And I went back to watch it and I was just like, oh, this is kind of funny. And David like comes downstairs a few days later, doesn't know anything about this. Of course. Probably still doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, that was it. That was your personality. That's what I wanted to see the whole time. Like you just, I was, I was like, oh, cool. In my head, I was like, well, I guess I got to get high every time. <laughs> Boss man just told me to get stoned before. Yeah, <laughs> Not going to say that. I got no a new thing now. I got to do it every time. You know, I never I never really did uh, after that, um, except for when I did the Alice's Narrow Space. That is it, actually on this list of things that I yeah. wanted to ask you about, because that is fucking rad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was cool. It's just eventually at that point, I was just like, well, maybe I should just, instead of getting high, I should just not be so square. I'll just yeah. be myself. I'll just like talk to the people. I'm going to talk to the camera as if that was a person in the room and I was just, you know, just being myself. Well, and you know, and you know the stuff and that, that comes through and I'm curious. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you know, being in a shop like CME and just engrossed in it every day, you're going to learn stuff all the time. Were you like when you going back, even back to the, you know, jamming in the bar days when you were a kid, were you always a gear dude? Were you always no. concerned with the bass and the pedal and the amp and no. then the signal? Flow no, I just, that? I just want to be loud. Yeah. Be louder. Um, in fact, <laughs> to, to that point, when I was 17, um, the owner, we would we, we play, my brother and I would play this bar called The Hideaway. And sometimes we would go and like, there wouldn't be anybody there playing and stuff like that. And the owner, Jim, was just like, yeah, like you guys come on over if you want to play. You know, we would just play. And, and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like hauling my gear because I had like one of those big custom tuck and roll nice. rigs. And yeah, I was, what color was heavy. it? The green black, one? Black. Oh, black one? Um, and so I was like, I don't feel like lugging that. And Jim was like, Oh, you could just use my amp. And you know, it's in the, it's in the little like closet area. And it was, uh, I didn't know what it was at the time, but it is, it was now that I look back, I'm like, Oh my God, it was a 60, there was like a mid sixties flip top B15, mm -hmm. B15 oh. N B15 N. And, 
I just remembered it not being loud enough. Mm-hmm. And so one day, like year, a couple of years later, he's just like out of the blue. He's just like, yeah, man, like, you know what? You get some pretty good. You make that thing sound really cool, man. You should just take it, man. You can have it. And I was like, ah, oh, in my car. It's heavy. It's not loud. Oops. Yep. Definitely I, regret that. I have a, reg- a regret not getting a B-15 story too, man. What the fuck? Yeah, I think I've told, right. have I, I've told you that one. I yeah, think so, yeah. I need to rehash it, dude. So, okay. So, but what, when do you remember when the sort of like switch flipped and all of a sudden you were more concerned about the actual stuff that you were playing? When I moved up here. Yeah. Like, how when did, I, like, who taught you about it? How do you like learn about it? Did you just read about it or? You know, I saw a lot of different players and I always kind of knew, like, I, I knew that Les Claypool played a Carl Thompson yeah. base. I knew about all the boutique bases because of my older brother. My older brother is a bit was always a big gear nerd, and I think that was why I was not interested in it because I, I hated going to music stores with him mm-hmm. because we would be there for fucking hours. And of course, <laughs> as a bass player, their pickings are slim. There's, There's only nothing. like three to pick from. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and like I, that's probably why I built that bass shop is because I was just like, yeah. you know what. Fuck you, Phil. <laughs> Fuck you, Phil, for taking me to those fucking shops with no bases. Oh, you're now really I got it first one. That's so true, man. Yeah, yeah. It was just me reliving those that frust- the teenage frustration. But yeah, I um, I don't know. I just I never got into it so much, and then just the switch turned on when I moved up here. Because you had to know stuff to get hired. Obviously, it's yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, you know what? My um, I didn't know a whole lot, and I was I, I was upfront about that. I, I was like, but I'm I'm really smart. Yep. I can play like I got I got the personality to do it. And I, I was able to like, you know, I, I passed the test, you know, but um, I will give credit to my he's now he's 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 my current bandmate um, to Chris Kong. He's the, the leader of the band that I'm in Huntsman. We were in a band previously called the Gorilla Press. When I first met him, we um, we lived in a house together like we rented this house. He was just my roommate and he just had all this really cool stuff and mm-hmm. He uh, had a bass and had some pedals and stuff like that. And just like kind of like like he was really obsessed with um, Radiohead and Johnny Greenwood and okay. O'Brien just like, like doing what they do. And like, I'm like, what does that pedal do? What does this do? What does that do? And then I just kind of like got interested in doing that, you know, getting a little bit more into that. And then it really took off after working at CME. Oh, yeah. sure. And you're, so you're at Sandberg now. What is, what is, what does that look like? What are you, what are you doing over there? So I'm the brand manager for North America. Mm-hmm. So that encompasses a lot of different things. Totally. So there's, uh, there's sales, of course, we, there's not a big dealer base in the U S right now. So I'm just growing that and adding more, you know, key dealers and building that up awareness in, in, in the U S and, um, so there's that, there's the marketing aspect, of course, kind of like speaking to um, the American audience and stuff, which just has a very engaging presence in social media and and just kind of focusing on that and doing like different campaigns and strategies with them. Uh, Artist relations. I have, you know, artists in the U S that are under my belt. The first person I wanted to add right away, right away. Like the first bigger fish was mono neon. That dude rips love what he does. He's so fucking funny. He's insane. He's such a unique and very talented dude. His albums are so fucking great. Um, so yeah, the, that and then uh, product development, which is like that's always been something that I really wanted to do. That's so bad. Is that it's like so designing new shit, like coming up with new ideas. And yeah, stuff? and I had experience doing that already with yeah. manufacturers. Like being on the retailing side, I would just make these suggestions and just like seeing that stuff come to fruition was cool, and then seeing it do well was even cooler. And I was just like, oh man, I've got kind of a knack at this, and 
you know, I talked to the owner Holger and the vice president, Mike, uh, at, at Sandberg. And I was like, I want to get, I want to seat at this table as well. And they're like, yeah, totally. That's why you're here. And it's, it's been really great. Wow. Really, really great. That's probably my favorite. And then videos and shit like that. But like the, the product development side is a lot of fun. Is we, everything you make like custom per order or is it? No. You no. guys have, okay. No, uh, we, we do, we do a lot of custom order business. Um, part of that's because of the configurator we've got on the website. Yeah. Which I played oh, with today. God, the dude. tech, the text that this dude sends me from that dude. thing. Oh, this one's like four grand. I made this, this like cool Thunderbird looking thing with like a white pick guard. That's and the, the 48 matching black headstock. Yeah. Oh man. It was the 48 was actually originally supposed to be a CME exclusive. And that was, really? yeah, I collaborated with Holger on that. And I was like, Hey, you guys should do an offset T-Bird style yep. base, but with the California neck and these pickups and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then, so we just kind of shared emails back and forth. And then uh, later at that NAM, uh, I was walking by, he goes, Mark, I have a surprise for you. And he walks over to like behind his booth and he grabs an unfinished ver- prototype of wow. the 48. And he was like, this is, this is you, this is for you. And I was like, oh, cool. And then me thinking like, oh, this is like the first base for CME. And I'm like, awesome. He's like, I just need to know what color you want it to be. And I was like, oh, well, tobacco sunburst. And he's like, oh, I thought you would want something different. And I was just like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean me? Like, this is for the store. Like, we wanted the tobacco sunburst. Yeah. He goes, no, no, no. This is the product. This is your base. Whoa, oh, man. And I was like, what? <laughs> Whoa. Um, oh. And so I, I told him and, um, what color? Yeah. What'd you go with? Uh, shoreline gold. Oh, <laughs> aged, man. Aged, it is. aged shoreline gold comes full circle. No, nothing's cooler, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was, so it's cool seeing, you know, people get into that model. Um, it, it's doing really well. Dude. Um, so Dave is Dave's base boy. You guys could talk about this shit forever. I, I don't know that much about it. Will you give me the quick sort of like what, like what Sandberg is known for, what, how you guys kind of do shit? Like what's like, what are, what are some things that I as a guitar player should know about Sandberg? Take a, a modern approach to like some of the more classic designs. That's one thing. Our relicking process, especially our master reliker, his, his name is Christian. He does the masterpiece aged stuff. If you put, one of the masterpiece aged bases next to like a real deal. Like I put a masterpiece aged base, uh, the TT four, which is like the jazz style base mm-hmm. next to a real 1961 jazz base. First year. Um, second year. Oh, wait, technically oh, third the year. Sta- one of the stack. All oh, the stack now. They yeah. did have the prototypes yeah, in 59. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but I'm, so, I'm stepping out of my, I'm getting yeah. out of my lane here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, but if you look at, I looked at those two bases together and like the wear on it was identical. Like mm. the divots where people would rest their thumb for mm-hmm. years, like right over that pickup. Like where it actually comes out of the wood even yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, like laying on the, the, the lower bout, um, on the treble side, um, like where people would like stand out on the floor and it would just mm-hmm. get those little like divots in there just from getting like eaten up by the floor or concrete or mm-hmm. whatever. That's amazing. Um, but that, that sort of attention to detail is pretty impressive. Um, our tone, you know, like it's, you can, you can get like a, a warmer sort of sound. You can also get like a more modern sort of like natural sounding sound. Um, and just they're balanced. Well, um, I don't know. It's a wide range of things. You as a guitar player would probably like the new Lionel bass. Which, Why, is it a short scale? It is a short scale. It's our first short scale. Um, and that was actually the first order of business when I went to Germany back in June. The, the meeting we had about like new products and stuff. I was like, we got to do a short scale. And they were like, oh, we we, are, we have the 32 inch scale. I'm like, that's cool. That's a medium scale. We're going to do a short scale. Mm-hmm. 30, 30 inch scale. Yeah. 30, right. And they were like, okay, well, what's it going to be? I was like, I think it should just be, I think it should just be our VS 
but as a short scale. But we should call it something different to introduce the, the series. And so our VS, by the way, is the split coil. It's the P, P mm-hmm. bass, basically. Which is, yeah, I'm a P bass guy for sure. Every guitar player is. Every, every single, and you probably know this too, most sessions where you go in cold, if you bring a P bass, you're yep. probably in a good spot because everyone, every guitar player knows what it sounds like and every sound guy knows how to mix that. Yeah. Because it just sits so well in the mix. Yep. So I thought short scale, split coil, P style bass, passive, simple. Keep right. it super simple, easy to play with a 16 inch radius. It's nice and flat. It's Love just, a flat neck. Yeah, you're a Gibson boy. Oh my man! Yeah. Wow, you're you're making me want a bass. This is, it's been a that's while a, since I've wanted a bass, <laughs> and that's exactly why I was yeah. thinking guitar players, people with smaller hands, but definitely marketed this towards guitar players mm-hmm. for sure. And Sweet. we called it the Lionel because fun fact, my son's middle name is Lionel. Wow, oh, that's cute. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very cool. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check out the Lionel now. Yeah. Um, Dave, you got any uh, Sandberg related questions? Because I, w- I was gonna start asking rig questions. Because I want to um, get into that. Yeah, we can rig. move into rig. I I kind of looked through all the Sandbergs. I've I've been a fan for years of those guitars. So and basses and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so what's your rig now? Well, you're in this band, the Huntsman. Nope. Or is it just Huntsman? Just Huntsman. You're just Huntsman. Mm-hmm. What uh, What's your rig in that band look like? Uh, I play. So I play the sand the 48, the Sandberg 48. Um, that that I just run in passive mode, and I really just use the the, the neck pickup because mm-hmm. it's in that sweet P style spot right there. Do you guys make your own pickups, or do you use something else? We do. Yeah. Uh, we don't make them in house. There is another German manufacturer who makes them by our design, mm-hmm. but we we designed all that stuff, cool. and it's all still made in Germany. Um, then I use um, I run that um, through a pedal board, which you know I've got tons of stuff my, my the secret sauce really is just the alpha omega ultra the dark glass alpha omega mm, ultra pedal is that the one with the like seven or how many many bands yeah Super, it's, yeah, yeah it's got the 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 um graphic eq on there the distortion on there sounds awesome um i've Love got that yeah that and actually that goes into do you run the di out from that too i don't because because all of my pedals end up going into the dark glass uh microtubes 900 head mm. version mm. one I love the way that thing sounds. Um, and like the semi-parametric EQ is really great, especially if you're in different rooms. You're just kind of sounding kind of gross. You can kind of fix that on the fly. Um, uh, but the, the the cool thing about the Alpha Omega is that I've got that going into the MXR Bass Chorus Deluxe, which I never was really a chorus guy until just one day just dicking around at the store. And I was like, oh, man, this sounds really good. And that pedal, those two pedals are always on. Oh, nice. In that band, just like... The only time the the distortion on the Alpha Omega is not on is just some of the quiet sections. Um, but even then, I just sometimes I just leave it on and just kind of play a little lighter because mm-hmm. it responds so well. Um, and I've also got some other pedals like I got like a Nanopog mm-hmm. on there just for the octave stuff. Sometimes like having that upper upper octave sneak in with the distortion on there, like going into that brings all those extra harmonics out. If I'm doing like chord stuff, like just, you mm-hmm. know, like power chords yeah, and dude. shit, sounds Daily really cool. Taking notes. Yeah, just your, I like the, uh, pog, the micro synth. I, I fuck with that one sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't oh, get it. so good. I mm-hmm. couldn't get a usable sound for this I, band. I'm, it. I've had it for like almost ten years, and I've yeah. never like played a gig with it. Yeah, I've never like you know taken it out because it's just so finicky. Like yeah. I feel like I'll get something perfect, and then the next day it won't sound the same. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's and it doesn't that's move. A shame. It's weird. you know the there there are some really good. Like I know Source Audio has got a really cool synth. That yeah, recently like came out or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then um, I think the last cool thing uh, in there is uh, as far as the pedal board goes is the MXR Reverb, and mm. they have that like pad setting. Yeah, 
on there. And I just usually like most of the time when I'm playing that pedal, I have the decay all the way jacked up. So it just kind of goes trails forever. But the cool thing about that one is that like the pad setting, when you play like the trails will have this like upper octave that kind of sneaks in really shimmery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And so with bass, I just kind of do the, these interludes in between songs and stuff like that get really cool and atmospheric. And then putting distortion into that sounds cool. And then uh, the cabs I use are Tyrant cabs. Uh, okay. Tyrant oh, yeah. My buddy Sean builds those. Great, great dude. Uh, listens, you know, but then they look beautiful, but they, yeah, they sound cool. amazing. Um, I've got the 15 on the bottom and then a 212. I'm probably going to oh, swap 212. Interesting. I feel yeah. like the 10s are always the, the go-to for the bass boys. I'm, I've always been a fan of 12s. Yeah. You get the tightness of a 10 and then the sort of air movement of a, of a 15. Mm-hmm. It's a nice. I've never played through a 12. I've always had the, the 210 12s. and the 15 combo. The best 12s, in my opinion, my, my humble opinion, mm. are Bergantino. Oh yeah, I think Jim Bergantino makes oh, our the new best friends. Woman. We uh, they're gonna we they're talk gonna, to them. We, at Nam. Oh, we don't God. have any date yet, but they're definitely gonna be on the podcast. Such Holly nice and nice Jim friends. are the fucking best people. Like yeah. Holly is, they're sweet as hell. Mm-hmm. Jim is, like he'll talk your ear off all day long about like the the gear and the mechanics. Oh, I had about to drag this and, dude away after yeah. I was like, all right, we've got to we've yeah got yeah, to yeah. Do yeah. Shit, he had love them, but and Holly Holly is just beautiful personality and like. Uh, we we did this um, I, we did this thing at the in New York called the Lords of the Low End. It was hosted by Labella. They have this really cool shop in Brooklyn called uh, Guitar Shop NYC, and that's where Jimmy Carbonetti has his shop with Moss Hino, and they like do repairs and stuff like that. And they expanded it to they build their own guitars and basses and stuff, and then expanded even more where they like co manage the space with uh, the Coco family who owns Labella Strings. Hmm. And they have all these things in there. So they did this. They do these events there every once in a while. They'll do like the bass solo competition, mm-hmm. but they did the Lords of the Low End. And Jim and Holly were there. And like Sandberg, I just got Sandberg basses into that shop on consignment because I thought it was fun. And Jimmy was just like, oh, dude, I really want that axe bass that you've got. <laughs> like you, you all make. Um, do you have one of those? Like, like, are we talking like Gene Simmons style yeah, you guys axe make, bass? I didn't know if I had no yeah. axe bass. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh, we sent it to him. It was at their shop. And I was just like, I get there and I have my camera gear and stuff. And I see this like wall of um, uh, Earthquaker pedals. I was like, oh man, Jimmy, can you hold my the gimbal and record? And I'll go into my laptop and I recorded me playing uh power trips the executioner's tax oh shit uh <laughs> which the lyrics like swing or the axe <laughs> i'm playing that's like the the guitar i'm playing the guitar part really on the bass yeah. but just kind of dicking around with it uh but i went through this bergantino rig mm-hmm. and i shared it and then jim and holly like loved it and of course they were at that event and i finally got to like, talk and meet them face to face because i was already dealing with their stuff mm-hmm. and um they're the nicest fucking people. We just talked for a while. And then like, they were doing the event. They were upstairs. Jim comes downstairs and he's like, Hey man, uh, Mark, I was, I was at the, uh, I was at the hotel and you know, I like your style of playing. I was messing around with the, the, the firmware on my, on, on the head for the, for the fuzz circuit on there. And mm-hmm. I, I, I programmed it, uh, last night and, uh, you know, fit the finishing touches this morning. She come upstairs and check it out. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'll <laughs> totally check it out, dude. I swear to God, it, that sound is this perfect blend of fuzz and overdrive. It's perfectly blended. I was like, Jim, if you make this into a pedal, you will make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Please do that. But it's on the Forte HP head. Right, because that is a programmable um, effects and all that. And you can have, like, he'll do firmware updates and stuff. If you want a specific sound, just tell him. He'll sculpt it and send it to you. You put it on a thumb drive and you put the thumb drive into the head. 
and it'll flash a few times and then boom it's it's uploaded That's so cool it's crazy we definitely shit. have to put a little pressure on to get this pedal made because i want one dude yeah. i've never even heard yeah, of anything i'm you telling the you shit out of it dude jim holly make the fucking pedal Do it. Please. <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah about holly again she uh when she was down there telling me she's like you, you okay you be on your feet you, you look a little like you look a little off i was like i'm fucking starving you know i, I said i don't want to eat pizza she's like i'll be right back and she go, well, goes upstairs and gives me a bottle of water and a fucking peanut, homemade peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There you oh. go. And it was the best fucking peanut butter <laughs> ever fucking had. Made All with love. ASMR fans out there. I love peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> it tastes delicious. It was with so crunch. <laughs> it was good uh but it was it was just such a cool fucking thing and i'll, I'll always remember that about them that's great man yeah got to get them on that was a great story yeah. uh so tell us what's going on with your band right now i i've i know i've heard is it two singles that you guys have put out recently mm-hmm. or and and yeah. what's is, is that or is there a full length coming what's the deal what's going on with you guys yeah so we've got the mandala of fear coming out in in march march 13th um we're actually doing a listening party over at dante's pizza Oh, which one? The tavern, the tavern there. We're doing a listing party there. Um, Tim is doing the, uh, the, the Huntsman pizza, which is uh, venison sausage, uh, banana peppers, caramelized onions, and this like gunpowder, black sea salt, dust crust, crust crust dust. Oh Um, my God. That sounds amazing. And we have the metal monkey brewing uh, beer called clear the clearing the sand, which we literally canned this morning. I was out at their facility canning with them. And uh, that's a Belgian Saison with, uh, with like a Szechuan peppercorn and uh, lemongrass. Super refreshing. I think those will pair really well together. Yeah. Um, When is this listening party? The 10th. So it's a few days before Mm -hmm. the, the the official release, um, but that'll be at the tavern. And then uh, on the 13th, we're playing with Ohm over at Garfield Park Conservatory with Woven Hand as well. Yes. That's going to be sick. Uh, That's the day the record comes out. And then uh, we just do like little weekend getaways and then eventually we we go off to Europe. But the point, the the record is um, it's a double length. Wow. Where'd you record? 80 minutes long. Uh, It's over at Decade Studios with Sanford Parker. Love that guy. Love what he's done with the band. We listen to a lot of records and we're like, that sounds so good. Oh, yeah. Sanford's the guy. Mm -hmm. He's the engineer, of course. Um, Recorded with him. Uh, The two singles we put out been doing well for us. Getting some good good buzz around it, which is nice. We have uh, another single coming out later this week that we actually have. uh, We did a music video for as well that'll all come out Ooh, together on that's that sounds Friday. sexy that's yeah fun. i'm excited it's you know pretty good i'm excited about Man, it i can't i didn't know about that garfield park show i will absolutely be there i saw they did a are you familiar with uh mort garson's plantasia no. record from the late 60s it's basically this entire moog modular record but they did a, a show celebrating it's i think i don't remember 50th anniversary or something like that and it was seeing live music in that just giant beautiful building with plants and giant prehistoric trees surrounding it was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had yeah. so now to actually go and see some fucking metal in there is, <laughs> is I, I can't i can't wait yeah honestly that sounds oh. amazing we'll yeah. definitely push the shit out of that where uh where can people go check out stuff about huntsman uh We've got huntsmandoom.com. We're on Ooh. Facebook. We're all on all the social media stuff, except for Twitch. I don't understand Twitch. Or just, I think that's a streamy thing. Do oh, the streamies okay. on Is there. that the, the watch you play video games? Thing? That's how it started, but I think it's, it's a oh, lot more now than it's just that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or TikTok. We're not on that one either yeah. yet. I, I did know. download the TikTok. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't but, get it. You know, I think World. it's like longer vines. Mm-hmm. 
Or, but uh, Instagram Vine was awesome, man. Yeah. I think w- the king of Vine was uh, Will Sasso, that comedian. He's oh, great, yeah. man. He's hilarious. Dude, his Vines, he, he was made for Vine. It was so fucking Just funny. Just six seconds of him at Some, the time is all yeah. you need. It's so good. So good. Anyway. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah. So record comes out. March 13th. March 13th. Um, Go see exciting. them at Garfield Garfield Park Conservatory here in Chicago. I'll be there. If not, just listen to that shit. Are you doing the the physical release and all that stuff mm-hmm. on the internet? Yep, we got uh, we got that. We've uh, it's coming out through Prosthetic Records. Oh, cool. Um, it's there's a double vinyl and it, that comes with a 32 page graphic novel. It goes with the story. Oh shit! Yeah, we went off the rails, That's man. Awesome, like we, man. We, we you know we always had this idea of doing um, not like a concept album, but like one of those sort of choose your own adventure. Like we wouldn't be too heavy handed with it. And then our guitar player, um, we did American scrap, which, um, was the first full length that we released. And we had a couple EPs before that. And it, it's always been this sort of like post-apocalyptic sort of theme. Cause I always like that shit. I mean, I love zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Fucking book of revelations is just fascinating shit to read. <laughs> um, but we, we always, you know, we wanted to sort of like, people were like, man, you guys are good storytellers. And, um, Chris had this mate, this major back surgery. He's the, so he's the, he writes the lyrics and so a lot of the riffs and stuff. And he's saying he's the lead singer. He had this major back surgery. He had to have, um, a recovery period and he just made sure to have his guitar and stuff handy and his voice memo recorder. And he just ended up writing this 80 minute record wow. with this whole theme. And basically, um, He's like, yeah, you know, we I know we want people to kind of interpret and use their imagination for the story, but this is what I envision with it. What do you think? And it's the story of this soldier who goes through war and love and loss and, you know, emotional trauma and all that stuff. And just how it kind of parallels some of the things that he's got, he, he went through as well growing up and, and as, as an adult and everything struggle, all of that. Um, there's some great themes with it. Yeah. Dude, that's so thoughtful. That's like incredible. And from, I mean, from what I've heard so far, just the music is so badass. I'm super impressed with how good it is. It's like, I mean, it's all the things about bands like Yes and Mastodon that I totally <laughs> love. Uh, but I mean, not to say that it's derivative at all, but it just kind of echoes some of those things that I already deeply love on a musical level. I'm super stoked to hear the full record, man. Thank you, man. That that's, that means a lot. Yeah. yeah, those are two awesome bands we love and. Um, I had no idea we'd be able to like make that thing happen, that sort of blend happen. I think my favorite one, my brother actually came up with this one, or it was either him or his friend, where he described it as Crosby, Stills, and Nashtadon. Uh, that was like, <laughs> that was the ultimate compliment. Was, we did it! And it's got a great pun to go with it. <laughs> fucking in. Dude, Mark, you are just one of the best dudes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you awesome storyteller awesome stuff i can't wait i can't wait to edit this one and listen back to it and and just get to enjoy it again because it was such a fun talk go check out sandberg bases go check out huntsman go check out marcus he's just a beautiful man i know you are but what am i mm. nailed it thank you thanks man <laughs> thank you <laughs>